0: Amen and amen. If you have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Who's excited about Resurrection Sunday? Let's go! Y'all, you just just need to pray for me today. Those of you watching from home, I'm really nervous. This is the largest crowd that I've preached to in weeks. I think there's seven or eight people in here. My heart is pounding right now, but I am super pumped. What an amazing time of worship. Thank you, each and every one of you, our audio visual folks, thank you so much. And I said folks, it's just Margot. so hey folks up there. Thank y'all so much for being here and leading us in worship. Uh, It's just been a great day already and I believe that God is gonna continue to to move and continue to do incredible things as we worship him together. Uh, I hope that you are pumped for Easter Sunday. Obviously, this is different really than any of us could have possibly imagined it being. Uh, I'll just tell you, we've got thousands, literally thousands of Easter eggs. I guess we'll just be able to hang on to those until next year. Some of you maybe had like Easter outfits, uh, dresses, and uh, you know, Gary wore his tie, so he's got his Easter thing going, but some of you were ready. And maybe perhaps even on your couch or in your living room, uh, you're wearing your Easter clothes right now. I hope uh, that you're enjoying that if you are, because I totally am not. But it's all good. Uh, But the idea is that this day looks drastically different than what we thought it would. But here's what I want to say. God is not surprised about where we find ourselves today. And I believe that from the beginning of time, before the world was even formed, that God knew you and I would be here in this day, in this way for such a time as this. Let's be honest, y'all, nothing is normal in this season. There is nothing normal happening around us right now. All the things, especially even when we think about Easter, all that stuff that we've added to Easter, not that these are bad in and of themselves, but the candy, the eggs, the fancy clothes, like the Super Bowl style of worship services, all of these things that we've brought to Easter, they're gone. And let me just be honest, I hope all of those things come back. I have a tradition every Easter Sunday of eating Reese's Easter eggs until I almost throw up, and then I come and preach. God has blessed that for several years. I'm totally off my game right now. I'm ready for that to come back next year, and I'm praying that this room will be full of people across multiple services and that God will be doing something awesome as we gather next Easter. But today, right now, even with all of that stuff gone, I believe that God is teaching us something today. Even without all of these things, the message of Easter remains. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single most amazing event to happen in human history. What we celebrate today is absolutely ridiculous and insane. Yet, this ridiculous and insane thing that we celebrate today is the foundation of our faith. Jesus was bloodied, murdered, and crucified, and he died, but three days later he rose again. And the resurrection is the foundation of everything else in our lives. Without the resurrection, Christianity would not exist. Without the resurrection, the church wouldn't exist, Easter wouldn't exist. And really, our life and our purpose and our hope would not exist. Everything in life would just be chaotic and random without Jesus. All of our lives would just be subject to the whims of whatever's happening on this spinning ball we call planet Earth. But here is what we believe and what we celebrate this day. The resurrection is real. This actually happened. Have you thought about that today? Imagine with me if something like the resurrection of Jesus Christ happened in 2020. I I mean, like a guy has some pet tigers and the internet explodes for like three weeks, right? Imagine if somebody came back from the dead. What would that look like today? We don't really know, but I brought a video to show you what that might look like today. So check this out. 请不吝点赞 Church, this isn't breaking news today, but can I just share the good news with you? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive and the resurrection changes everything. Even today, the resurrection has the power to change your life forever. So as we dive into God's word, my prayer is that God would speak to you in a powerful way. So we're going to get to it, First Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Hey, just a little Easter egg for some of you, Easter egg, see what I did there? This is actually the first passage that I ever taught as the lead pastor of Crossroad Church, so I'm sure all of you have that uh, remembered and like written down in your Bible what a special day that was, but it's fine that you don't. Uh, we're going to read this story, and, and it's special to me because of that, but I'm praying that today this passage will be special to you because of what God says to you today on this Easter Sunday, First Peter chapter 1, starting Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray together. God, I just ask that right now you would move in this place as we study your word together. God, that on this day and on the days ahead, on the different times, God, as people hear your word proclaimed, that it will sink into hearts and minds and souls and would flow out into our hands and feet, and I pray that you would help us to be a people who live with a living hope, changed by your amazing love that was displayed on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for being alive today, and I pray that because you're alive, we would be found alive and faithful in these days. Thank you, Jesus, it's in your name we pray, amen. Well, today's message is simply titled Living with a Living Hope. Living with a Living Hope. Peter was one of the apostles, one of the ones who was kind of in Jesus's inner circle, one of the closest guys to him, and here a couple of decades removed from the resurrection, we have Peter writing a letter to a church that was in the midst of a seemingly hopeless situation. In the introduction to his letter here, we didn't read it, but Peter calls them the people of the dispersion. Do you remember the, you may not remember this sermon from 20 months ago, but do you remember two weeks ago, we talked about the dispersion, how persecution arose in the church and that persecution caused families to have to leave. People were dying, their homes were being destroyed, their churches were being destroyed and the work of God was pushed out to the ends of the earth because people had to leave their families, their jobs, their careers, their everything and run for their very lives because persecution was so tough. Could you imagine what that must have felt like? So here is a mature Peter. Peter's a couple decades removed from his denial of Jesus. He's a couple decades removed from his, you know, uh, not very good sword ability, right? Like, he's like, I got him and just got an ear, right? Like, missed. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I could have taken off, uh, you know, Malthus. I, I just feel like I could have got the head. But no, Peter just gets the ear, right? Oh, uh, there you go. Some sort uh, sword ability there. Uh, I don't know. Pretty good with sword and some nunchucks. But anyways, Peter is a couple decades removed from this at this point. And maybe if we go back to those days, perhaps Peter would have written something like, hey, come on, guys, get your stuff together. Jesus commands us to do this. Or maybe Peter would have been hiding with them. Yet here is Peter, a couple decades later, a matured, seasoned saint, an apostle, and he sits down with his pen and he writes the only words that can bring comfort, healing, and peace into the middle of a chaotic world says dear friends scattered all across the world in the midst of the most difficult season of your life blessed be the god and father of our lord and savior jesus christ in his great mercy he's caused you to be born again to a living hope he says you guys are so blessed god has been so merciful to you god saved you isn't he good He doesn't even address their situation and their circumstance yet. By the way, he's going to get to that. But he starts instead with the truth that should be shaping all the other truths and realities of their lives. And church, listen to me, this truth should shape all of the other truths and all of the other realities in your life. Jesus is alive, so hope is alive. I don't know about you today, but I need this living hope today. Praise God that we're in a country that allows us to live in freedom. We're not experiencing persecution like they were in these days, but we are in a season of great uncertainty. We're in a season of fear, anxiety, and the unknown, and these things threaten to steal our joy, our peace, and even our hope. But if Peter had the courage to write this to these people who were in the midst of an awful situation, friends, just allow me to speak into your lives right now and to the midst of whatever situation it is that you find yourself in today. Hear this, you are blessed. Our God is merciful, and because of his great mercy, he has caused you to be born again to a living hope Jesus is alive, so therefore, hope is alive today. For Peter, and really for the rest of the New Testament writers, everything hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. Because Jesus is alive, everything else is different. So what I want us to do is look in this text at three realities that ought to be brought into our lives because of the resurrection. What does it mean to live with the living hope? It means to live in the reality of the resurrection And this text points to three things that come in our lives when we're walking in the resurrected life. The first thing we see is this. The resurrection brings us salvation. The resurrection brings us salvation. Peter says in verse three, according to God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. If you are ready for life change, it starts right here. The resurrection is the guarantee of our salvation. Jesus is alive so you and I can be alive today. How does this happen? Peter uses this language of being born again. And this language is biblical. It goes back to a conversation Jesus had in John chapter three with a religious leader named Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and he has some questions, some things are on his heart and he can't really do it during the day because during the day all the other religious leaders are watching. But at night, he comes to Jesus and he says, I got some questions. And as he's talking, Jesus says this to him, that you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are born Again, and I love Nick for this reason. Nick asked a question that I think is awesome. Nick's like, "Uh, so I'm a grown man, and I'm not sure how that whole being born again is going to work out." Uh, my mama probably didn't even his mom wasn't even alive at that point. So he's like, I, "This is not going to happen. It's not going to work out. This new birth st- stuff you're talking about, it doesn't make any sense." And Jesus goes on to say, "No, no, no. I'm not talking about a physical birth, but a spiritual birth." Being born again. The Bible says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Listen to what the Bible says. The old has died. Behold, the new has come. This is the salvation experience. We die to ourselves and we are raised to new life. This is the kind of resurrection that we're talking about that brings salvation to us. The Bible tells us that we have a good and loving God who created us to have a perfect relationship with him. But then sin entered the world, and ever since, we have experienced brokenness in this world, sickness, evil, selfishness around us, but also, if we're honest, in us. We're a broken people in a broken world because of sin. But this amazing God loved us enough That he didn't just wash his hands and say, I'm done with those people. Instead, he sent Jesus Christ, God the Son, came to earth, put on flesh, and walked the path of righteousness that you and I could never walk. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned, never stepped outside of the will of God the Father, yet he was nailed to a cross. And when he was nailed to a cross, you see, the religious leaders of that day and the political establishment, they thought they were killing the revolution when they crucified Jesus, but they didn't understand that they were actually in God's sovereignty starting the revolution when they crucified Jesus because it was fulfilling God's perfect plan. When Jesus hung on that cross, the excruciating physical pain that he endured is really beyond comprehension. But that wasn't the worst thing that Jesus dealt with. The Bible says that God poured out his wrath towards sin and sinners upon Jesus the punishment for all sins, for all mankind, past, present, and future, that punishment was poured out on Jesus. Can you imagine the spiritual anguish that he felt in that moment? And when it was over, Jesus lifted his head and he said, tetelestai, it is finished. Those who heard him thought that it was over. The political folks, the religious leaders thought that they had done their duty. Jesus' followers were broken. They, They thought that when Jesus said it is finished that it was a surrender. But what they didn't understand is that it wasn't a statement of surrender, it was a cry of victory. Jesus finished paying the price for our sins when he took his last breath and died on the cross. But friends, this is where the good news comes in and this is why we're here today. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. The tomb was empty. Jesus was alive and Jesus is alive today. And the Bible says that the moment you and I call on him, the moment we ask him to be our savior, the moment we ask him to be our Lord, at that very moment, his death becomes our death his punishment was our punishment and then his new life becomes our new life we are resurrected with Christ all you have to do is call on him and ask him to be your Savior today this is the good news of the gospel the old passes away the new comes if you don't know Jesus personally today I want to invite you to come to Jesus He invites anyone who would come to be born again. You can experience this day. You may have just stumbled across this video. Somebody may have invited you to this. You may have just found this today. But I want to tell you that God knows that right now in this moment, you would be hearing his voice from his word, not this preacher, but the very voice of God saying, come, be born again. You don't need a preacher to do that you know what you need to do you need to cry out to God and say God I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I can't fix myself but I know that you died on the cross for me so would you be my savior and if you pray that prayer in that moment you are saved some of you may just need to do that right now it's the most important thing that could happen We do want to tell you that if you make that decision, we want to have a conversation with you about that. We want to be able to help you and walk with you in these days. We want you to send us an email at connect at crossroad.live. And and maybe you're confused and you have some more questions and you're not ready, but you want to have a chat about that. Our staff is ready to have that conversation. Email us at connect at crossroad.live. Through the resurrection, we can be born again to a living hope. The resurrection brings us salvation. Aren't you thankful for that today, church? I had to say that so I can take a minute. I need like a handkerchief. It's Easter, y'all, and I'm preaching, okay? It's good news, though. The resurrection brings us salvation, but the good news just keeps coming. Not only does the resurrection bring us salvation, but the resurrection brings us security. Security. This is a needed word for us today. It's a weird word, but look at verse four. Peter writes that we have been born again to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith. Friends, don't miss this. The salvation that we're talking about is being guarded. It's being kept. It's being secured by God in heaven. Who's gonna take that away? If God's guarding it, you ain't got a stick big enough to take it away. You hear me? God is guarding your faith today. If you are saved, you have security in Christ. Our inheritance is guaranteed, signed, sealed, and delivered by Jesus Christ. Your future is secure And some of you need to hear this today because we live in a world that is full of worry and anxiety and uncertainty, especially in these days. But but in light of the resurrection, why are we fearful today? Why are we concerned about our jobs? Why are we concerned about our health? Why are we concerned about our country? Not that these things are not important, but here's the reality. If all of this is taken away tomorrow, your future is secure in Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ guarantees your salvation, and your salvation guarantees your future. Church, listen to me. Coronavirus can take your health. It could destroy your body, but COVID-19 cannot change your future. Our eternity is secure in Jesus. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but I definitely do. Things may get worse before they get better. Circumstances are bound to change in this life. We don't know what's coming tomorrow, but as the old preachers used to say, I've read the back of the book, and Jesus wins. And the same Jesus that conquered death and made us alive guarantees our future today. So the call is for you and me to live as sons and daughters of the king. Walk in this inheritance today because it is guaranteed for us. Are you living as if your future is secure? We don't need to worry about our future. We live as a people who know that our future is secure because of the resurrected Savior. I can live today in light of the living hope that I found in Christ. The resurrection brings us salvation and the resurrection brings us security. And finally, Peter tells us that the resurrection brings us strength. Now, this one's sneaky because it comes in a way that we don't really expect. In verses 6 and 7, it says this, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When I was first working on this sermon, y'all, the alliteration was coming in clutch. I had those S's rolling and I was like, yeah, let's go. And I got to this and the word that I had written here was actually struggles. And that word makes sense because this is what it says is that you are going to encounter struggles and the resurrection leads us into struggles. But what I realized as I continued to study is that struggles were just a stop on the destination. It wasn't the destination. It was just a stop on the road because where it was headed was to strengthened faith. The resurrection does bring us struggles. We're gonna walk through those things but the product of our struggles is a strengthened faith. I think this is another word that's needed today. As we think about our current situations, many of you have lost jobs, many of you have lost income, some of you are furloughed today, some of you are sick, some of you are very concerned about being sick or concerned about loved ones being sick. There's so much unknown in our world today. But friends, let me just tell you this today. Well, the word of God tells us that the resurrection should change the way we look at these trials. When we are living with a living hope, the resurrection changes the way we see these struggles. Our trials don't define us. Our struggles don't define us. Our faith defines us. And our trials serve to strengthen our faith. The resurrection gives us what the old hymn says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Maybe some of you would prefer the modern hymn writer Yeezy who says, now that, that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. This is the reality, friends. The trials you face, the struggles in your life, the battles that you're facing right now will work out for your good and God's glory. The battle you're in, the things you're facing, the things we're facing as a church, as a city, as a nation, as a planet right now, these things are difficult but they will work out for our good and his glory is what the Bible tells us. Now hold on for a second because some of you are thinking, wow, he's getting a little bit motivational speaker on us today. But let me just throw a spoiler alert out there. You ready for this? You're going to die. Happy Easter, y'all! Have a great, yeah. Fake walkout. Did I get all the way off the screen? I don't even know. You're gonna die. This is the reality of life. But here's the hope of the resurrection. Here's why we're here. Here's why all of the Christians watching this today, whether you're in this room or whether you're sitting on your couch, you ought to be hyped today. Why? Because the trials we face, the storms of this life, the struggles on this side of eternity, every single thing we face is just preparing us for a glorious eternity that awaits those who are in Christ Jesus. And the truth is, one day we're not gonna make it. One day, whether it be sickness, old age, tragedy, cancer, war, something is going to cause this old body to fail. You're going to be gone from this earth, but somebody needs some strength today. Are you listening to this? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus is alive, and because Jesus is alive, our resurrection is guaranteed. Every day we're faced with struggles, but those struggles are building up our faith, and one day, the struggle's gonna be over, and on that day, our faith that has been made strong through the trials and the struggles of this life, that faith is gonna be made sight. You're going to close your eyes here, and you're going to open up your eyes in eternity one day. You see, the resurrection starts today. Salvation makes living the resurrected life possible right now. You can live a new life today, but this spiritual resurrection is really just the first fruits of what's coming. There's going to be a day where we are with Jesus In heaven for all of eternity, worshiping him, and things will be just as he intended them to be. What a day that will be. But friends, until then, Jesus calls us to live with a living hope. All of this is possible because of what we're celebrating today, friends. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty Are you living with the living hope today? Blessed be the Lord God, our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Let's walk in that hope today and every day. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Wherever you're at, I want you to do this. It may feel weird, but I want you and your family, right where you're at, bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to take a moment to do business with the Lord. Some of you may need to think more about what it means to follow Jesus. Do you know him today? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? And if he's not, again, we talked about what it means to know that. I want to encourage you to make him your Savior and Lord. Some of you, though, are already saved, but you haven't been living with a living hope. Today is a joyful reminder. This has just been a reminder that God has sent to you in this moment to walk in the joy and the hope that comes with your salvation in these days. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would use it. God, that you would let it sink into our hearts and our souls so that we can be a people who live with a hope. We know that later in this same letter that you inspired Peter to write, that he wrote to us, he wrote to the church, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. God, I pray that in these days, Crossroad Church would be so full of living hope that people that we encounter would say, tell me about this hope. Tell me why you have this joy and this hope and this peace in these days and that we would be able to point people to you. God, thank you for this living hope.